Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Today is October 27th, 2021, and our first story Two different versions of Let's Go Brandon, the anti-Biden song, have reached number one, number two, number three, and number eight on the iTunes top ten. Democrat establishment activists, big mad. In our next story, the CDC now says it is time for your fourth booster shot if you're immunocompromised. And in our last story, a white male executive who was fired for being white has won $10 million. Why? Because the law says racism and discrimination are wrong. Now, if you like the show, give us a good review and leave us five stars. Tell your friends about the show. Now, let's get into that first story. Perhaps you don't know what Let's Go Brandon means. It's a meme. A meme meant to express anger and disdain for the president, Joe Biden. A lot of people are upset over the state of the economy, the state of COVID, and they feel that Joe Biden's policies have caused much of our ongoing strife. And it's true. It is Joe Biden and the Democrats that are causing much of this strife. Now, don't get me wrong. Republicans play a role in our leadership as well. But many of Joe Biden's policies have directly led to this. And I'll just give you a quick example because this video is not about policy. But people are upset and Joe Biden's approval rating is tanking. Joe Biden shut down the Keystone Pipeline. This resulted in people speculating that there would be limited supply of fossil fuels driving the price up. This resulted in high gas prices. It results in inflation. We have the mass printing of money. We have labor shortages. We have trucking shortages. We have vaccine mandates exacerbating the trucking shortage. So yes, it very much is Joe Biden's policies in many ways. And regular people know this, which brings us to Let's Go Brandon. Not just the number one song on iTunes. But the number two song by a different artist and the number three song currently one version of Let's Go Brandon is sitting at number 45 on the Billboard Hot 100. I'm pretty sure it's the Hot 100. I'll pull up the stats to make sure. But this means that not only is the song going viral in terms of people downloading it, but Billboard charts are like legit popularity. Now, now there are many leftists who are quite perturbed by this. They're upset. You see, Adele, Adele's great, by the way. I think she makes great music. She was number one for a long time, for like 10 days. And then Let's Go Brandon emerged, a song basically saying Joe Biden is not good, to put it mildly. And this displaced Adele to number two. 
Then another version of Let's Go Brandon reached number two, putting Adele at number three. And then an extended version of the same song is now number three as well, putting Adele at number four. Now, this is amazing. For those that aren't familiar with what this meme means, there were a bunch of people chanting F Joe Biden at a NASCAR event. A reporter seemingly trying to downplay what was going on said, they're chanting, let's go, Brandon. From there, the meme erupted. Now, a lot of people have criticized this, saying, don't use that meme because no one knows what it means. Sorry, those people are wrong. Memes are one of the most effective and powerful ways to spread a message. If the message was F Joe Biden, how far would that really go? Now, to be fair, people were chanting at sporting events, regular people. These are not conservative events, regular people. Among independent voters, Joe Biden's approval rating has dropped to 25%. It is brutal. But then something happened. People started chanting, let's go, Brandon, instead. Several conservatives said it was a bad idea because if no one knows what it means, you're not conveying anything. But this is proof they were wrong. F Joe Biden would not reach number one. I mean, it might, but it doesn't have any staying power. Yeah, I get it. People are going to say it. Interestingly, though, there is another song called F Donald Trump. Fascinating. It did reach number one on iTunes November 7th, 2020, even though the song was released, I believe, in 2016. But it didn't get that high on the iTunes charts. And I think what we're seeing now is that the anger towards Joe Biden is substantially worse than the anger towards Donald Trump. And maybe it's because when it came to Donald Trump, people were protesting him for perceived slights. When it comes to Joe Biden, people are protesting over what's actually going on. Under Donald Trump, the economy was doing great. People just didn't like the guy. Under Joe Biden, people don't like the guy and everything's burning to the ground. Well, let's take a look at this news. And I want to go through the history of these protest songs, talk a bit about the tit for tat we've seen in the past few years, show you FDT. That's the song they wrote about Donald Trump not getting anywhere near as popular as Let's Go Brandon. Let's talk about what the left said about F Donald Trump cheering for it. And now they're outraged at Let's Go Brandon. Oh, because these journalists and media can't handle that they're being criticized. Look, when F, I think F Donald Trump is actually a good song. I genuinely mean that. I didn't complain about it. I'm not going to cry about it, but it's funny to see them and these other bands that used to be anti-establishment just being total establishment. Let's get to the news. But before we do, head over to TimCast.com, become a member to get access to exclusive members only content. We've got shows from Cast Castle, Tales from the Inverted World, and the TimCast IRL podcast. Many people you know and love. We got interviews with Alex Jones and Steve Bannon, Alan West. Check that out. Be a member. And as a member, you're supporting our fierce and independent journalism and helping us create new shows and build culture. New merch coming soon, and we greatly appreciate your support. But don't forget to like this video right now. Smash that like button. Subscribe to this channel. Share this URL. Share the URL to this video right now, wherever you can. Let's get into the news. I have the website. You've already seen it. Popvortex.com. Music charts. iTunes top 10 song charts. Number one. Let's Go Brandon, featuring Tyson James and Chandler Crump by Bryson Gray. Number two, Let's Go Brandon by Loza Alexander. And number three, Let's Go Brandon, extended version by Loza Alexander. Number four is Easy On Me by Adele. Now here's where it gets even more fun. Number five is Fancy Like by Walker Hayes. Number six is Shivers by Ed Sheeran. Seems to make sense. Then we have this Cold Heart. PNAU remix by Elton John and Dua Lipa. Wow. 
And then number eight, Let's Go Brandon again, Loza Alexander remix by God's Child. Let's Go Brandon has taken four positions on the iTunes top 10. One, two, three, and eight. Wow. This is something truly amazing. It is so powerful that what do we get? YouTube deleted rapper's Let's Go Brandon song claiming medical misinformation. This is Bryson Gray. He says YouTube has banned Let's Go Brandon song from YouTube due to medical misinformation. What medical misinformation is in the song? Think about how crazy that is. Bryson Gray's Let's Go Brandon is number one on iTunes. Number one. And YouTube deleted it. Yo, I can pull up a bunch of music on YouTube with deeply offensive words. YouTube doesn't care. In fact, Spotify has some pretty offensive songs on their back. You know, old school hip hop from the 80s, man. I'm not going to name the song, but a very disparaging song towards trans people. And Spotify doesn't seem to care. Spotify, I believe, is owned by Alphabet, you know, Google company. But, you know, whatever. You see how the game is played? When it comes to complaining about Democrats, boy, are they desperate to purge this stuff. The number one, two, three, and eight song and YouTube took it down. Fox News says, Gray said that initially the lyric version of the video was banned, but then the actual music video was taken down. YouTube's tech support responded to a tweet from Gray and said they were looking into the matter. Quote, jumping in, we're passing this along to the right team for a re-review, YouTube said. We'll share updates once we hear back from them. Appreciate your patience. Gray told Fox News that he's not heard anything from YouTube about the re-review and the song is still banned. Why is the most censored rapper in the country someone that doesn't even curse in his songs, Gray told Fox News? Why can you rap about murder, adult relations, and drugs, but when I rap about questioning the government, I get banned? Is this still America? The song takes multiple shots at Biden regarding his chaotic Afghanistan withdrawal, cognitive ability, and handling of COVID. They say the song reached the fourth spot on iTunes' list of rap songs. Yeah, 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 but right now, it's even higher than that. Let me, let me, let me show you the response from any of these leftists. Showbiz 411, Adele booming at radio, but temporarily knocked off iTunes top spot by moronic anti-Biden song. Aw, I'm going to cry. This is from two days ago. It's funny. Adele's Easy On Me is booming away at radio. The single has been added to the largest number of radio stations in existence and getting played more than any other record by the hour. This is all according to MediaBase, which tracks songs played at stations. In the uh, meantime, Easy On Me was knocked off its perch at number one on iTunes after 10 straight days. The temporary displacer is a moronic single called Let's Go Brandon by Bryson Gray Tyson. An anti-Biden record for anti-vaxxers. Idiots are pushing this piece of crap up the iTunes chart, but no one in their right mind would spend money on it. It's not a song or a record. It's just garbage. Adele will be back at number one by tomorrow. (laughs) Oh, this poor guy. Not only is she not back at number one, but she's down to number four. Oh, they cry so hard about this. Live a little. Grow up. When Rage on behalf of the machine was chanting, um, singing some of these songs, some of those who work forces are the same who burn crosses. I didn't cry about it. In fact, Tony Hawk puts these songs in his video games. You've got that one song that... that, uh, um, Public Enemy did with, uh, with I think, Pantera. No, Anthrax. Was it, was it Anthrax? I think it was Anthrax. Yeah, what song was that? Um, I can't remember the name of the song. But they've got some, they got some offensive lyrics in this music. 
They put it in records. You know, when, when Gen Xers were, were, were aging and starting to take over, man, they were totally fine with being offensive. Now look at this. They're going to cry about it. All right. Let's see what Slate has to say. Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all-time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life-changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. The story behind Let's Go Brandon, the secretly vulgar chant suddenly beloved by Republicans. Ooh, anything but support. It's just pure disdain. They say it directly translates to F, F Joe Biden. They're not happy with it. Anyone watching could hear clearly that's not what the crowd was cheering. It's unclear whether Stavis misheard. This is the reporter. The phrase also reached the point of the life cycle of a meme where it has inspired a hit rap song. After originally going viral on TikTok, the video for Let's Go Brandon by Loza Alexander, which juxtaposes footage of the NASCAR interview with the rapper wearing red, has been viewed more than 2.6 million times on YouTube. So now you know, Posey was not cheering on someone named Brandon on the House floor this week. The good news, apparently politicians still have enough decency not to say F Joe Biden in the halls of Congress. The bad news, what they're saying instead may be even more embarrassing. Oh, I'm so embarrassed. I'm, I'm so embarrassed. Wait a minute. What's this from Slate? What is this? Could anti-Trump Americans make F Donald Trump the number one song in the country? Here's how the United States could have its own God save the queen moment. The left is not punk rock. Anybody doing punk rock espousing pro-Amazon, Walmart, and corporate messaging is not punk rock. Sorry. It's just not reality. You want to have a God save the queen moment? We're having it right now with Let's Go Brandon, not with F. Donald Trump. Now, I don't believe the same people wrote these stories. The first story was by Heather Schwedel, and the old story about F. Donald Trump is Jack Hamilton, Chris Mullenfee, and Slate Video. It's from back in 2017. I love it. Could FDT be the big song? In it, they say, in the May of 1977, a punk quartet from London called the Sex Pistols released a single titled God Save the Queen. The song's name was plagiarized from the British national anthem, and the record released to coincide with Queen Elizabeth II's Silver Jubilee, an exercise in monarchic pageantry conducted against a backdrop of turmoil. The previous year in England had seen convulsions of police violence, paramilitary terror, labor strife, and insurgent fascism. God save the queen, she ain't no human being, snarled 21-year-old Johnny Rotten. There is no future in England's dreaming. Ron's notoriously haphazard band never sounded better. A lean, gnashing machine that roared all the way through Rotten's instantly iconic outro. No future, no future, no future for you. The BBC and the Independent Broadcasting Authority banned the single from the radio and television immediately. But the bumbling censorship only amplified the song's message of gleeful, paranoid anti-authoritarianism. 
God Save the Queen hit number one on the enemy charts and number two on BBC's official UK singles chart, prompting speculation that it was officially kept out of the latter's top spot by establishment pressures. By buying and listening to a record that authorities didn't want them to hear, the Pistols fans and fellow travelers made God Save the Queen the biggest hit in England, despite the song being barred from national airwaves. Good, good writing, Slate. Was F Donald Trump censored or banned or shut down? No. Did it reach the top spot on iTunes? It did. Let's Go Brandon is being censored. Let's Go Brandon is being disparaged by the establishment and still dominating. If anybody is having a God Save the Queen moment, it's Bryson Gray and it's Loza Alexander. Sorry, it wasn't F Donald Trump. In late March, as Donald Trump was racking up GOP primary wins, blah, 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 they go on to say it would take a lot for FDT to hit number one as people wanted. And, and you know what? Guess what? I don't believe it actually did. They said, what would it take to send F Donald Trump to number one? Boy, they really wanted that to happen. They say, those is a to- though this is a topic of some dispute these days, our government is still a system of checks and balances, and so is the Billboard Hot 100. And like passing meaningful health care reform, getting a song to number one on that chart is hard. Three major elements factor into the Hot 100, airplay, sales, and streaming. The chart is an average of these, these three pools of data. If you wish to analogize the Hot 100 to the federal government, you can think, uh, okay, we, we get it. Unfortunately for F. Donald Trump, that's probably impossible because of radio. Given the lack of significant airplay for a single that is foul-mouthed, nearly a year old and not being actively promoted to the radio right now, one leg of the billboard stool is effectively missing for YG and Nipsey. The pirate radio play Jack notes above is microscopic by billboard standards. It's so sad. Well, over at F. Donald Trump, the song, we can see that it was released in 2016 and it reached U.S. bubbling under Hot 100 singles billboard, number 10, and the U.S. hot R&B hip hop songs, number 50. I mean, that's still pretty good. How about Let's Go Brandon? Let's Go Brandon's song by American rapper Loza Alexander is an anti-Biden hip hop rap song based on the Let's Go Brandon chants and memes. U.S. billboard Hot 100 peak position number 45. There it is. Now, that's not number one. Certainly better than F Donald Trump. I'm impressed. Now, I haven't looked up uh, Bryson Gray's. I wonder if we can uh, just we'll just jump over and uh, see if we can pull up uh, uh, the song for they say soon after uh, by Loza Alexander. They say a third song by Bryson Gray reached the Apple Music chart. I'm wondering about Billboard Hot 100. I don't have it pulled up. But if Bryson Gray is number one on iTunes right now, maybe just maybe. He's doing really well. The reason I think Loza Alexander is doing better on the Billboard Hot 100 is because number two and three are both Loza Alexander. And number eight is also Loza Alexander. What does that mean? Well, when it comes to sales, downloads, plays, radio, etc., these are being split up. If you were to combine all these into, say, one song, if there's only one version of it, it'd probably be number one. Bryson Gray would probably be number two. But I'm not so sure these guys are all that upset about it. They're probably extremely happy where we're at. But let me just stress again. Let's go, Brandon. The song by Loza Alexander is Billboard Hot 100 number 45. That's the best of the best. Those other rankings are good on Billboard for the F. Donald Trump song, which I actually I like as a song. But this is just way better. And you know what it is? It's really funny to see this because conservatives are oh, just so much more family, family friendly. F Donald Trump. That's the lyric. You don't got to be so blunt. Put, put a little finesse in that. Let's go, Brandon, is way better. 
To the people who say, let's go Brandon is bad because people don't get it. Now there's going to be a lot of people on iTunes and they're going to see let's go Brandon and be like, what's this song? And they're going to play it. And they're going to be like, yo, and the meme is going to move fast. Other people are going to see the success and be like, dude, I want to get in on this. And we're going to see a wave of way more Let's Go Brandon songs. I think there's actually several. People are going to see that. It's going to become popular culture. It is becoming, it, it is popular culture. I mean, it's number one, two, three, and eight on the iTunes top 10. And so you're going to get a bunch of people being like, is, is this what people like? And the followers will follow. And they'll say, I, I, I don't like Biden. That's why it's so powerful. If it just said F Joe Biden, people wouldn't find that funny. They wouldn't buy the song. They wouldn't promote it. This is power. Now, let me go back to that story about God save the queen. This is so pathetic. They're talking about Johnny Rotten and how F Donald Trump, if it became number one, it would be a God save the queen moment. Sorry. Now, it did reach number one in uh, uh, November 7th, 2020 on iTunes. That's great. I mean, good for them. I mean that legitimately, like by all means, protest song. Cool. Do it to it. But they want to they want to prop up Johnny Rotten for criticizing the establishment back then. Let's talk about your real moment. Johnny Rotten blames wokeness for U.S. collapse. April 27th, 2021. This is the Johnny Rotten, the guy that they claimed was doing all these great things, saying anti-establishment, anti-fascist. Now they don't like the guy. Why? Because he's come out and said the leftists have become moral authoritarians. His wokeness is the problem. Political correctness, all that bad stuff. They don't realize they're not cool. They're the baddies. What does it mean to be cool? You know what, man? When I go to a skate park and I see kids tagging Black Lives Matter, I just started laughing at them. I'm like, yo, you guys are like pro, like you're tagging Walmart corporate slogans. Like how whack is that? Do you think that anti-establishment actors are going to be cheering on major corporations. Dude, if you're supporting all of this corporate BS, you are the establishment. Johnny Rotten still to this day is anti-establishment. I find it kind of funny. Now, Slate's kind of mad because we have this story right here. Republican congressman wears Let's Go Brandon mask into House chamber. South Carolina Rep. Jeff Duncan is the latest of several politicians to use the viral slogan. You see, I've got someone sent us mugs, thermoses, not sorry, not mugs, thermoses. And two of them say, let's go, Brandon. It's family friendly. It's a meme. It is power. It is a way to rapidly convey an idea. It's almost like a secret handshake. You know why this works? Memes are supposed to be somewhat coded. That's why I'm surprised people are like, don't say let's go, Brandon. It confuses people. Wrong. A meme. It's a ball of energy. It is a condensed idea. When Trump says Lil Marco, when he would say that on stage, he was saying so much. When he said crooked Hillary, he was saying so much. He was invoking every story you've ever heard. It was a zip file for the mind. Let's go, Brandon, can be the viral message that hits the number one, two and three charts on iTunes. And people say, let's go, Brandon. Hey, what does that mean? And then they get the message. Joe Biden is bad. His policies are bad. It's driving up gas prices and the media is lying to you. I, there was a, there's a fact check that you said today, Joe Biden's policies are not driving up gas prices. High demand is lie. I'll say it very simply in the easiest way. When Biden shut down Keystone XL, that meant that, meant that incoming supply later this year and next year would go down. And even the year after that, as soon as it was up and running, it wasn't up and running, but this is how it works. If there's a projected supply, then people are like, okay, we know how much we're going to get. When Biden shut that down, when Biden banned uh, fracking on federal land, I'm not saying I agree with fracking or anything like that. 
I'm just saying when he did that, people then said, we are going to be under supply later on. Speculators came in, started buying it up as much as much as they could, driving the price up, driving the price up for you. It's that simple. And then USA Today says, no, 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 it's just because there's so much demand and limited supply. Oh, geez. Well, why is there limited supply? Could it be that Biden banned fracking on federal land? I know they weren't pulling immediately. It was a ban on future fracking. Could it be that he banned Keystone Pipeline? I know they weren't transporting the oil. Could it be that those would have alleviated low supply? Yes. And these media companies think people are stupid. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the aggregate for Joe Biden. President Biden job approval in the aggregate is down to 42.3 with a disapproval up 0.98 at 52.8. It is remarkable how bad he's doing. CNN says Joe Biden's approval ratings are worse than every recent president except one at this stage. And that was Donald Trump. But isn't it funny that Donald Trump was being slammed in that song F Donald Trump before he was even president? It was released in 2016. The dude wasn't sworn in until January of 2017. They were complaining about what they thought he was and the things he said, not what he did. And then Donald Trump was still widely disapproved, even though we had a roaring economy. The media just would not stop. Joe Biden not only has a dismal and collapsing approval rating, but he also has regular people chanting, let's go, Brandon. Songs coming out, hitting the top charts. And people, people get it. Take a look at this from Civics. Right now, they say, do you approve or disapprove of the way Joe Biden is handling his job as president? 38% approve, 53% disapprove. It's massive. And it's driven by one thing. I've shown you this many times, but we'll show you now and get the context. Joe Biden's approval among Democrats is at 79%. Even Democrats right now, 21% are like, yo, 9% of Democrats disapprove, 13% neither approve nor disapprove. I don't think those numbers add up properly, but sure, whatever. Among Republicans, it's fairly obvious. They've always disapproved. The funny thing is they disapproved of Joe Biden at 90% when he, when he got inaugurated. And now it's 95%. Like who would have thought Joe Biden could do worse among Republicans? But this collapse is driven almost exclusively by the independent voter. Take a look at this. 64% disapproval, 25% approval, 12% neither approve nor disapprove. It is absolutely abysmal for Joe Biden. And the independent is what counts. Now, many independents vote Democrat, many independents vote Republican. That's what you need to understand. When they poll independents, it's not like there's a large group of people who stand up and say, I'm actually an independent. It's mostly people who say, I'm an independent who always votes Democrat. And typically, my understanding is that independents kind of lean Democrat. There's a large group of independents who vote Republican. The Republican Party is smaller. But now you have people like Scott Pressler going out and registering Republicans to vote. And the Republican Party is starting to rival the Democratic Party. Democrats got way better ground game. That's a fact. But it's starting to shift. Now you have independent voters who many are Democrats. They just don't identify that way, but they vote Democrat every time. I mean, look at Bernie Sanders. He's an independent and he's far left. And they're souring on Joe Biden. It's time for these people to realize that Joe Biden is a failed president. He was bad from the get go. He was a bad choice. And you sacrificed this country because you hated Donald Trump. The New York Post liberals were losing the argument over critical race theory in schools. Time to call in the FBI. Biden has few options to combat surging gas prices as voters grow concerned about inflation. 
Biden's average approval rating drops to new low amid inflation, immigration worries. Wow. CRT. We got CRT. We got gas prices. We got inflation. We got immigration crisis. And there it is. Joe Biden's job. It's a bad job. And people get it. We got the story from Gallup. Congress approval lowest in 2021 as Democrats turn negative. Interesting. They say Americans approval of the job Congress is doing slipped six points to 21 percent. It's lowest in 2021. Congressional approval nosedives among Democrats. Among Republicans, approvals at 5%. Among independents, it's at 22. And among Democrats, it's at 33. It all really does make sense. And this is really, really good news for all of us. Let me explain. The Republicans are trash. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You get a small handful of Republicans who I think do a good job, but for the most part, they do nothing. So their approval should always be in the gutter. Republican voters, self-identified, do not like the Republican Party. Isn't that funny? Independent voters, um, approval of, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm I'm, I'm confusing this. This is Republicans' view of Congress is down, not Republicans in Congress. It's U.S. Congress job approval by party ID. Still, my point stands. Republicans don't like the Republican Party. Democrats like the Democratic Party and independents basically dislike everybody for obvious reasons. See how this translates. If a Republican is asked, what do you think about Congress? They're going to say they suck because they're going to say the same thing about the Republican Party. They would about the Democratic Party, except the Democrats are the Harlem Globetrotters and the Republicans are the Washington generals. Independent voters, it makes sense. Probably be like, "Eh, it's all right because they might lean a little more Democratic. But to see Democratic voters disapprove of Congress at a a level dropping to 33% from 55 is actually huge. This means Democrats may be waking up to how awful the Democratic Party is. I find it truly fascinating. When I when I watch these segments from progressive YouTubers, I notice something. They don't use sources. I mean, sometimes they do. They typically don't. We only and always use sources and they're NewsGuard certified. Got to get that Michael Hayden and Bill Gates opinion on whether or not these news sources are proven factual, right, or trustworthy. And then try to fact check them. But, you know, I, I see these stories, right? There's one story in Rolling Stone where it's like two, two uh, organizers from January 6th spill the beans saying members of Congress were involved in the planning. And then you get your usual fare. You get people on the left being like, this is huge. There should be indictments. And I'm like, that's really interesting. Did you read the story? Because you know what the real story is? Rally organizers invited Republican congressmen to speak at a rally on January 6th. That's the news. Like Madison Cawthorn, like literally was on stage at the rally. Oh, 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 you mean the Capitol riot? Oh, no, no, no. In the story cited by these lefties, the sources specifically say the Capitol was never a part of this. Huh. So why are they all running the story like it is? Because they don't read the news. They get secondhand commentary and just run with it. And it works, man. You know, I get it. They want to make money. They want to make they want to get clicks. They want to get traffic. 
It's, it's, it's a really funny thing, but you know, I'll say it. I said it before and I'll say it again. The left is a cult. They want to say that the Trump supporters on the right is a cult and they're not wrong. There is a faction of cultist Trump supporters who are just like believing all this crazy crackpot conspiracy stuff. As I often say, no institutional power, not very large. But when you get someone like, I don't know, David Pakman, for instance, with 1.14 million subscribers who repeatedly publishes misconstrued and incorrect information because he doesn't fact check any of it. And I'm not saying always, just a lot. And I'll say, look, there are things I get wrong, but I almost exclusively have a NewsGuard certified source before I ever opine on something. Like my, my position here is based on Gallup. I've got stories from Slate that I'm criticizing. I'm not just saying things I've heard in other places. When I hear things, I fact check them. When the Alec Baldwin tweet started to emerge where he was saying very violent things, I actually spent a half an hour digging through to verify the tweets were real because I'm not going to play those games. But David Bagman did a segment where he said there should be an investigation. And if evidence leads to, you know, that these people did coordinate the riot, then they should be charged. And it's like, bro, did you even read the story? No, it's not the first time. You know, David also did a segment where he, he played a clip from MSNBC where Chuck Todd laughed at Ted Cruz for believing Politico in New York Times reporting. He, uh, Ted Cruz was asked if he believed that Ukraine meddled in the 20, 2016 election. And, he, and Ted Cruz is like, the New York Times reported they did. And then they laugh. You can hear people at MSNBC laughing. And it's like, talk about how insane it is that the New York Times can come up with a story where it's like, Ukrainian court rules that Ukrainians interfered in 2016 U.S. election, that Politico can come, up to, come out with a report saying Ukraine scrambles after helping assist the Clintons in 2016. Then when you come out and say, hey, look at these stories, they laugh at you. And then David Pakman agrees with them and laughs as well. And I'm like, dude, if your position is that, you know, the, 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 the interference by Ukraine wasn't that big of a deal. I'm all down to hear about it. But if your position is that it didn't happen, even though it's been recorded by multiple sources and basically admitted to by Ukrainians, then you just live in fantasy world. If your position is that new evidence has emerged that members of Congress helped organize the January 6th insurrection, well, then you're completely wrong. And if I come out and say that's not true, how is that right wing? And therein lies the hilarity of the current situation we live in. When it comes to Wikipedia, for instance, you know, I love bringing it up. They say like all of Tim Pool's videos support right wing narratives. Therefore, he's right wing. And it's like, have you ever considered that you're just wrong? Uh, Brian Stelter was like, Ron DeSantis is saying you should assume the media is lying because he's on an anti-media tirade. And Nicholas Sandman, one of the Covington kids, is like, howdy on Twitter, because they do lie. They lie all the time. I check the sources. I love using CNN. I love using mainstream news sources, MSNBC as sources, when I can verify what they're saying is true. Because then when it's like CNN says something, people are going to be like, well, you're making it up. And I'm like, bro, I'm reading CNN. Well, CNN's fake news. Then I also read Fox News. Fox is fake too. Then you go ahead and pick what sources you think are real. But I have sources every step of the way. And that's what's funny. Trump supporters get mad at me because I'm like, yo, Trump lost the election. I, I genuinely believe it. Are there, is there fraud? Bill Barr says there was. He just says there wasn't that much. Fraud happens. A Republican got caught recently. And there have been several Democrats who have been caught as well. These things happen. But was it impactful enough? In my opinion, honestly, I don't know. I just don't, I don't see it. 
And, and I know people are going to come at me and say, what about this, that, and otherwise, and these audits? Okay, do the audits and come out with new information, and we'll talk about it. People say, Tim, why don't you talk about Arizona? It's like, dude, because we did. Because the information that came out, we talked about like 17 times on Timcast IRL and on this channel, and I don't know what else you want me to say about it. Like, I can pull up these stories, and I'm like, we talked about that six months ago. So what I genuinely think happened is that the Democrats changed the rules in a shadow campaign to save the election. Republicans also assisted. Establishment Republicans did. Democrats were easily able to exploit mail-in voting, universal mail-in voting under COVID to turn out, to get large voter turnout. And the media helped as well. And that's why people like Scott Pressler are so important because he's registering Republicans to vote, which is what y'all need to be doing ground game. Now, maybe something happened I don't know about, and maybe we'll discover it. Totally open to it. For the time being, I think people's focus needs to be on ground game and, and activism and grassroots organizing. My point is that I end up with Trump supporters who absolutely detest me, and they call me names, and they don't like me. And maybe that's because I'm a moderate. Maybe it's because I'm lefty. Maybe, maybe I'm secretly right wing. But the reality is, all that matters is that I'm just trying to get to the truth. Policy is something else. Let's talk about it for a second. I'll give you a good example. If someone breaks a bone, I believe that we as humans can use tax money. We can pitch in and make sure those people are helped. I like the idea. I like the idea of universal health care supplemented by, by uh, private insurance for more complicated scenarios. And that means you'll get a level. It's like universal basic health care. That's the best way to put it. We're not going to pay all your bills. We're not going to put you in a mansion. We'll cover a little bit. I like the idea. The problem is you then give the government centralized authority and they start saying things like, based on race, we're going to deny treatment, and that becomes hard. So when we're talking about policy opinion, I'll straight up say my policy opinions lean left. When we're talking about truth and facts, it just so happens that the media lies a whole lot. And these leftists are getting everything wrong because of it. And because I tell them they're wrong because they are, they say I'm right wing. That's the nature of the world we live in. As for now, Joe Biden sucks. Everybody knows it. Unless you're lying to yourself, because even was it 21% of Democrats are like, Nyeh. I don't know about this guy. Yet there are people still clinging to the cult. I hope they wake up. In the meantime, we'll just keep on listening to Let's Go Brandon. I'll try out these new uh, Bose headphones and I will play some sick tunes. Thanks for hanging out. Next segment's coming up at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. And we'll see y'all there. Immunocompromised individuals may need to take a fourth COVID-19 vaccine dose, CDC guidelines say. Who saw this coming? The vaccination cards that you get have four places for them. University of Denver recently came out and said that they're going to mandate the flu vaccine as well. Now there's not going to be enough room for your card if you're immunocompromised because here we go. Four shots. This is rough. Look, I often say, go talk to your doctor about what makes sense for you because I ain't a doctor and I can't give you medical advice. But seeing this, all confidence is shattered. We knew booster shots were coming. Dave Rubin tweeted about booster shots and Twitter suspended him. And then all of a sudden they're like, actually, yeah, we should do boosters. They're now doing, I think it's, I think I could be wrong. So again, consult your doctor. If it's Moderna or Pfizer, they're saying if you're over a certain age or immunocompromised, they recommend a booster shot. Johnson & Johnson, my understanding is if you're older than 18 and you got the shot two months ago, you should get a booster shot. So it's like, 
Is this is what's going on? Why do we need to consistently get these boosters? I mean, there's a, there's a there's a bunch of ways you can think about it. They rushed through these vaccines. They were trying to get them out as fast as possible. It's called Operation Warp Speed. It could be that they know something we don't, something they're not telling us. I think that's fair to say. I think it's fair to say that at this point, four boosters. Look, you can say whatever you want about the vaccines. You can say whatever you, you can. You can. Well, actually, you can't on YouTube and Twitter, but you get my point. Go to your doctor. Believe what you want to believe. I've got a ton of vaccinations. I went, you know, I told the story before when I was traveling to Venezuela, they made me get like five different shots. One of them, I think the only one that required a booster was yellow fever. And I think they were like, the first vaccine gives you six months of immunity. And then you got to come back in like 30 days and we give you another shot and you will have 10 years of immunity. So it's really important to come back for that booster. And I was like, oh, okay, wow, that makes sense. But I got one shot for each of these things. And they were like, you're clear. What about COVID is requiring people to get multiple doses and then for them to keep increasing the amount of boosters? Maybe it's a question for your doctor, but here we go. The Daily Mail reports Americans who are moderately or severely immunocompromised may need to take a fourth injection of the COVID-19 vaccine at least six months after receiving a third dose, according to the CDC. The CDC's updated guidelines state that those who are moderately and severely immunocompromised should immediately receive their third shot if more than 28 days has elapsed since receiving the second dose of the mRNA vaccine. Six months after receiving the third dose, people in that same category may receive another dose. In such situations, people who are moderately and severely immunocompromised may receive a total of four COVID-19 vaccine doses. Is there any reason to believe it's going to end here, that they're going to say four is the magic number? I got to be honest. I think it's going to go more than that. Those who are moderately to severely immunocompromised are those who are in active cancer treatments for cancers of the blood or for tumors, according to CNN. They also include organ transplant patients and stem cell recipients, people with advanced HIV, and those who take high doses of corticosteroids or other immunosuppressants. The CDC believes If there are about 9 million people living in the U.S. who qualify as moderately to severely immunocompromised, the agency does not refer to shots given to immunocompromised people as boosters because it is believed they did not have a full immune response from the first two doses. Oh, that explains it. That 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 explains it. It's not a booster because you uh, have a different medical history. They're just standard doses. Look. Here's the way I see it. If you're immunocompromised and they tell you you need two, va- two shots like everybody else, then they say, okay, now you need an additional shot. You are getting three, four. They call that standard. Not when they started it. it maybe they want to they update the guidelines and say standard vaccination for an immunocompromised individual will be four shots, but that's not what they did. So they're boosters. That's a stupid semantic argument anyway. They say a study by John Hopkins University found that vaccinated immunocompromised people were 485 times more likely to be hospitalized or die from COVID compared to most vaccinated people. Those who are immunocompromised are also more likely to transmit the virus to people who had close contact with them. Last week, federal health officials gave final approval for Americans to receive booster shots. Certain people who received Pfizer vaccinations months ago already are eligible for a booster. And now the CDC says specific Moderna and Johnson & Johnson recipients qualify too. And a bigger change. The agency is allowing the flexibility of mixing and matching 
that extra dose, regardless of which type people received first. Okay, now. <laughs> All right, man. I mean, people have already been doing this, but won't that affect negatively uh, the long term studies they're trying to do? If someone says that they got, you know, the Johnson and Johnson vaccine and now they're trying to, you know, they're going to track the health of this individual for a few years. If they start mixing and matching, the data is going to be in the gutter. It's going to be useless. All right, I guess. The FDA has already authorized mixing and uh, wow. The FDA has already authorized such an expansion of the nation's booster campaign last Wednesday, and it was also endorsed Thursday by Thursday by a CDC advisory panel. CDC Director Rochelle Walensky had the final word on who gets the extra doses. These past 20 months have taught us many things, but mostly to have humility, she told the panel. We are constantly learning about the virus, growing the evidence base and accumulating more data. There are still there still are restrictions on who qualifies and when for a booster. Starting six months past their last Pfizer or Moderna vaccination, people are urged to get a booster if they're 65 or older, nursing home residents or at least uh, or at least 50 and uh, who are at least 50 and an increased risk of severe disease because of health problems. Interesting. Boosters also were are, are allowed, but not urged for adults of any age and increased risk of infection because of health problems or their uh, jobs or living conditions. That includes healthcare workers, teachers, and people in jails or homeless shelters. Moderna's booster will come at half the dose of the original two shots. As for recipients of the single J&J vaccine, a COVID-19 booster is recommended for everyone at least two months after their vaccination. That's because the J&J vaccine hasn't proved as protective as the two-dose Moderna and Pfizer options. The CDC panel didn't explicitly recommend anyone get a different brand, then they started with, but left open the option, saying only that a booster of some sort was recommended. And some of the advisors said that they would prefer that J&J recipients receive a competitor's booster, citing preliminary data from an ongoing government study that suggested a bigger boost in virus fighting antibodies from that combination. All right. Far be it from me to tell you what to do or what to believe. You should go and talk to your doctor about what makes sense. But let me just stress this right now. What we're seeing here is the science changing. That's right. Dr. Fauci says when you criticize him, you're criticizing the science because the droplets could get all over your grandmother. Four doses. What does this mean? The science changed. Initially, we were told, um, you know, policy wise, no vaccine mandates and things are going to get back to normal. Now we're being then we were told, you know, once the vaccine happens, you know, people will the the restrictions will be released. Then they said, okay, we're going to have to mandate this vaccine. So they did in many places, not everywhere. Then they started talking about the potential of booster shots. As I mentioned before, Dave Rubin actually got suspended on Twitter for saying booster shots was coming, were coming. They said that was you know, misinformation. Now, four boosters. So the science they initially had on all of this was wrong. Now, I guess that's technically fine. I mean, I say technically because science does change and we get things wrong all the time. But the idea now that people who question the science had been banned or suspended when we literally have watched the science change now four times, just or is it three times? Just get a booster shot. Uh, just just get your vaccine. Okay, you might need a booster. Okay, people are probably going to need an additional booster. So it, it keeps changing. But you know what? While I will tell you, it's between you and your doctor and not me and not the government. The government seems not to care about that. We got the story from AM Greatness. 
It's actually a, 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 an, 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 an anthology, as it were. James O'Keefe, Project Veritas, got a Governor Murphy, Phil Murphy in New Jersey, consultant, caught on, ta- caught on tape saying that they're going to implement vaccine mandates, but right now are going to pretend that they won't because an election is coming up. That's right. Independent and conservative voters won't vote for a vaccine mandate. So Phil Murphy will lie to everybody. And then as soon as he's elected, he will roll out that vaccine mandate. Now, Phil Murphy himself didn't say this is a consultant. But in this story from AM Greatness, they actually show James O'Keefe, I believe they do, confronting this woman as well. The story says, a Democrat campaign consultant was caught on tape asserting that New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy will institute a COVID-19 vaccine mandate in the state if he is reelected but is keeping that information on the down low during the election campaign to avoid scaring off independent voters. The video released by Project Veritas Monday night features political consultant Wendy Martinez, whose firm, Atabay Consulting, has received more than $60,000 in payments from the campaign. The Washington Times reported, Martinez is also on a subcommittee of Governor Murphy's Restart and Recovery Advisory Council, which advises him on COVID policy. I'm just Who are these people who become political consultants? Like, what expertise do you have to do that? The hidden camera footage shows Martinez and political operative Matthew Orquillo, probably pronouncing that wrong, Orquillo, talking to a Project Veritas undercover journalist about Murphy's plans to establish a statewide COVID vaccine mandate policy. He is going to do it, but he couldn't do it before the elections because of the independents and the undecideds, Martinez said in Spanish, adding, Right now is about him winning. Hey, isn't that great? That's how politics works. In the, in the video of James O'Keefe confronting this woman, he's like, why lie to your constituents? And I mean, it is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. He's got to ask it. But at a certain point, I guess, you know, for me, I'm 35. I'm just like, what do you mean? Why lie to your constituents? Because you'll lose if you don't. Look, people have jokingly or maybe seriously said, Tim, you should run for office or whatever. And I'm like, why? So I can just lose really quick because I'm not going to lie about anything. I'm going to be like, yeah, there's the reality of it. It is what it is. And people aren't going to like it because people are lied to. People believe the mainstream press. No matter how many times the science changes, the story changes, or they get it wrong, they just believe this stuff. I love this story going around. Ron DeSantis said, just assume the corporate press is lying to you and then try and figure out why. And Brian Stelter of CNN is like, "Mm, you can't call me a liar. Brian Stelter is one of the worst people in media. He's just fake news. He is. He misframes as much as he can. People believe him. They believe this guy. And you look at Florida and people are living their lives. And, and, and man, the stories I hear about Florida, it's like it's like a vision of paradise at this point. Life is totally normal. It's like the before times, as CNN called it, the before times. People are living their lives. They're passionate. They're on the beach. They're going out to restaurants. Everything's back to normal. And there's no fear. It's so, it's so, it's so weird, I guess. I, I mean, I wonder uh, why it is that Florida was able to do this and everything goes back to normal. 
It's almost like in these blue cities and states, they are overreacting to an insane degree. Yeah. But people still believe it. Now, look, when it comes to your health, you got to you got to consider you've got to consider your your past medical conditions, your family history and stuff. And that's why that's legitimately why I say talk to a doctor, because when they say stuff like go into a parking lot at a 7-Eleven and just, you know, get get an injection, it's like, dude. You might have family history of certain things, you know, uh, mention them very off, uh, fairly often. Uh, Pete Parada, formerly of The Offspring, has Guillain-Barre syndrome. So he goes to his doctor first. The doctor's like, mm, you got Guillain-Barre syndrome from when you were younger and you, you can't get this. And he's like, OK. And they're like, you're fired. It's amazing, isn't it? But that's why you got to talk to a doctor because, you know, we don't want people to get hurt. Here's what they say. He is going to do it, but he can't do it before the elections because of the independents and the undecideds, Martinez said in Spanish, adding that right now is about him winning. Not that he won't get elected, but I think there are some people that, you know, might push back. Sergio, who manages Forward 2021, a coordinated campaign paid for by the New Jersey Democratic State Committee, because they are all into the into this uh, ish, my rights, my ish, <laughs> just swearing. And they don't care if they kill everybody. You see what is wrong with these people? COVID's bad. It's, 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 it's bad. It is. That's the truth. I've had a bunch of people on IRL who have told me like, man, it was really bad. And it was brutal and they don't wish it on anybody. But, you know, it's not the apocalypse. It's just bad. And so they come out and they say, kill everybody. I mean, look, COVID is worse than the flu. If you just look, go by the data. The flu kills people. My point isn't about which disease is, is better or worse. My point is that many people get sick and many people go around spreading that sickness and many people die from the spread of those sicknesses, regardless of whether or not it's COVID. Now, COVID may be worse for a lot of reasons. It seems to seriously impact people over the age of 40. So this idea now that all of a sudden we're like, oh, no, like our illnesses could kill. It's like, dude, they always could. And sometimes people are more have, have serious infectious diseases. I mean, you can get you can have bacterial meningitis or something. I knew a dude who uh, got spinal meningitis when he was a kid. When we were kids, he was out for weeks and they were terrified. Is that what it is? Spinal meningitis? Is that, is that, I'm probably it's wrong. He had meningitis, whatever. Viral meningitis. Is that what it was? Something like that. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. Anyway, he was really sick. And they were like, yo, this is super contagious and like really dangerous. So he had to be isolated, basically. That I get. COVID I get is bad. I also get that we want to, you know, reduce and minimize long COVID and after effects. But it just seems like shutting everything down was wrong. I think the sad and unfortunate reality is we have to accept that this is a really bad thing that we're stuck with. If it's mutating and people keep getting it, then it sounds like it's going to be around for a long time. I wonder, and I think it's fair to say that there are things they don't tell us, right? It's a fact that this is true. That's why classified information exists and, you know, top secret and stuff like that. Because there's, there's information that is privied to people with that clearance. And there's concern that a lot of that information, some of it at least, could result in chaos or violence or catastrophe, things like that. Sometimes information gets classified that shouldn't be, and it's to cover up malfeasance. Sometimes because there's fear that people would panic and everything would go crazy. I wonder if what we're seeing with COVID falls into the category of there's something more serious going on and has been, and they're panicking over it. 
I mean, it's easy to say that Democrats want to exploit a crisis to gain power and to make it easier to win elections. I think we see that. But it's also entirely possible when you look at what's going on with Dr. Fauci and the NIH and lab leak funding that this is substantially more serious than people realize. And then that's why I find this one thing interesting, right? This one aspect of this, that it's more likely people on the right to downplay COVID, but it's more likely people on the right to say it was potential. It was made in a lab as gain of function research or the more conspiratorial that it was a bioweapon. I don't know about any of that. We know that the NIH is funding gain of function research. We know that lab leaks are entirely possible, and this may be what happened. So I wonder, with that being the case, is it substantially worse than we realize? And if it is, and you believe it was a lab leak, wouldn't you take this way more seriously and want the lockdowns, I guess? I don't know. I don't know. Tribalism, um, maybe there's a better argument. I mean, I guess when it comes to the vaccine, if people are concerned they're being lied to, they're probably not going to trust whatever this is. But that's why I actually I, I think, you know, when it comes to the vaccine, I think it, it, it does what it does. I think it, it functions the way they say it functions. I think you should talk to your doctor and see if it's safe for you because of your medical history. And it probably will be. But uh, I think we're going to see a lot of adverse events. And then I wonder, you know, I was watching a video that's uh, um, there's a bunch of video compilations being like, these people got the vaccine and got hurt or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, but VAERS exists. We know people get you know hurt, especially when you do a max vaccination campaign. But I'm wondering if, you know, people are seeing, they're, they're, they're seeing all of these stories and assuming the, the, the percentage of adverse events is, is way higher proportionally. Just because there is a million crimes committed doesn't mean the percentage is higher if you're in a city of, you know, 50 million people or whatever. Okay, 10 million people. Like in New York, for instance, I don't think the New, I think New York actually has relatively low crime per capita, but it has like the most crime. Well, because it has like a highly dense population. So you you go by population density and you do a percentage and then you're like, oh, okay. So per capita, other places have worse crime. Makes sense. Like Baltimore and Chicago, right? Even though New York has more crimes being committed because there are more people. But I, I think about a lot of these these uh, adverse events, and I also wonder, maybe this is just the reality that, you know, the the establishment, the, the these, these companies know that adverse events will be serious and they exist, but something else could be coming that's worse. I don't have all the answers, man. I really, really don't. What I can say is that we're now on booster number four for the immunocompromised Phil Murphy is lying to people, but is going to mandate vaccines once he gets reelected. Why? What? What is his first job? That's a crazy thing. If it really was the right thing to do, you'd have politicians, regardless of party, being like, we got to do it. I suppose right now the issue is for most people. The risk isn't there. You know, the left views this as the apocalypse and the right says it's bad. We get it. But, you know, whatever. It's interesting. You know, I was reading a post on Reddit and they said the reason that the right doesn't care is that they favor a, a, a natural selection approach to life. And I thought that was a ridiculous assessment of the right. It's not completely without merit, though. There are a lot of people on the right who are like, look, you know, it's you have to assume the risks. It's your life. And that is somewhat in that space. But the idea that, you know, uh, Republicans right now are like the strong must survive. It's like, oh, calm down, dude. Like humans in general want other humans to continue living and to provide them with medical care. That's an absurd argument, but that's how they view it. So I don't know, man. 
I wish I could give you more definitive answers. The one thing I can say is that Phil Murphy probably will implement the vaccine mandate the moment he gets reelected. So stay tuned for that, New Jersey. And then as for everybody, everybody else, wash your hands, stay safe, stay healthy, take your vitamins, talk to your doctor, get some sun. Sun is so good. Like I got a farmer's tan. It's really bad because I got too much sun. Now that we're getting into winter, I think we're going to start seeing some really bad stuff. Why? Lack of sunlight. Now, this is something I, I realized only because of COVID. I always wondered like, oh, why in winter do I start to feel worse than I do in the summer? In the summer, I'm so full of energy. And I'm like, oh, man, there's no sun. You don't, you don't get sun in the winter. It's the, the, the days are shorter, the angle of the sun, it's cold, you're less likely to go outside. And so I was like, oh, I should take some vitamin D. And last winter I did, and boy, did I feel great. I was like, wow, I'm not getting enough sunlight. Isn't it funny how that works? Exercise, healthy food. I've been eating keto. I've been, I've been eating uh, fresh fruits and vegetables, and I feel like a million bucks. So take care of yourself, man. Just generally be healthy. And uh, I don't know. I think it's obvious where this is all going. It's just not going to stop. And I think social credit systems is going to be the end result, but we'll see. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. A white male marketing VP at a North Carolina hospital was fired for being a white male. And in his place were two women who were hired. This is all part of the cult of die, the die cult, diversity, inclusivity, and equity. Now, they like to say day, but come on, if you got D-I-E, put them in the right order, right? Especially when you're trying to burn everything to the ground. This story's interesting. This guy ends up winning $10 million. Why? Well, firing someone based on their race is illegal, which is why the California Prop 16 was so important to the cult. A lot of people don't believe me when I tell them this, but in California, they tried repealing their civil rights legislation from their constitution because in California, they want to be able to discriminate on the basis of race. Now, ultimately, this would just lead to, you know, segregation and probably violence because the all white areas of California would also be able to discriminate on the basis of race. I'm showing you this Prop 16 first before we read this because people don't believe it. Because I talk to my friends who are like lefty and I'll say, do you know California tried to repeal their civil rights legislation that's in their constitution? They say, no, they don't. That's not true. And I say, yeah, it's Prop 16. California Prop 16. Repeal Proposition 209 Affirmative Action Amendment. You see how they put that in the title? They want you to think it's about affirmative action. The reality is they just want the right to be racist. A yes vote supported the constitutional amendment to repeal Prop 209, which stated that the government and public institutions cannot discriminate against or grant preferential treatment to persons based on, persons on the basis of race, sex, color, ethnicity, or national origin in public employment, public education, and public contracting. Prop 16 was defeated November 3rd, 2020. 7.2 million votes in favor, 9.6 million votes opposed. And I have to wonder who in their right mind would support this? What's saying is that the public, the government, cannot discriminate on the basis of all of these things, race, sex, color, ethnicity. And they say it's for affirmative action. That's what it's really about. This is why these laws are so important. We do not want to discriminate on the basis of race. 
You see, right now, white people are in the majority in this country, and there are many white people who are racist. I certainly don't think racism is, racism is as pronounced as it used to be, but it's also true that there are probably a lot of people who are racist who just don't admit it because it's, well, widely unpopular. But in certain areas of the country, if the left gets their way, what would happen is balkanization. Now, of course, white liberals have outgroup preference. So cities mostly would probably just fire all the white people. And then some rural areas would probably just start discriminating based on the basis of race. Not entirely, but probably small stores and individuals who are racist are going to start using that to their advantage. Here's the story from the Daily Mail. A white male marketing vice president from a North Carolina from a North Carolina hospital has been awarded $10 million reverse discrimination payout from the hospital, which fired him and replaced him with two women, one whom is black. That's not a reverse discrimination payout. That's literally just discrimination payout. David Duvall sued Novant Health in North Carolina, where he'd worked for five years as the senior VP of marketing and communications and was lauded by colleagues and supervisors in 2018. He says he was inexplicably terminated just days before reaching his five-year work anniversary, a milestone that would have awarded him a higher severance payout than what he was given. He was replaced by two women, Kate Everett, a white woman who had worked with him and was promoted to take on the role of chief PR and communications officer, and Vicky Free, a black woman who was given the role of chief marketing officer. Duval, in his complaint, said that while both women were qualified for the job, they were no more qualified than he was. His attorneys proposed that he was fired out of the clear blue sky because he was a white man and that the move was in keeping with the hospital's five-year plan to boost diversity by 2020. I like diversity. I like real diversity. You know, I don't, I don't like the idea where you have all of the people of all the same opinion sitting in a room talking to each other, and, 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 and I can prove it. Ian on Timcast IRL. I know he's a white dude, but that's not my point. Diversity isn't about what you look like. Somewhat it can be because that can influence how you're treated in your perspective. But a lot of people are like, I don't agree with Ian and I think he's bad. And I don't like him. And I'm like, dude, they're, the semantic arguments on Timcast IRL. OK, yeah, I, that's annoying. It is. And I'll tell Ian that to his face. I did at the event we did on Saturday. But the, the moral arguments are important. If we just sit around all like libertarian like and be like, we all agree. Ah, we're patting each other on the back. That's that's lame, man. That's 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 whack. Diversity is good when it's real diversity, but you don't fire people to achieve it. It's something you say we want in terms of I would like people of different perspectives and backgrounds to help us better understand the world we live in and potentially come up with ideas that we may not think of. That's a good thing. But that's not what the diversity, inclusivity and equity cult wants. The die cult just wants everybody to look different, but think the same. Isn't that interesting? For me, I'm kind of like, you know, I understand why racial and ethnic and religious and gender diversity are good things, because typically you're assuming that people of these various backgrounds have different perspectives. But those aren't the main issue when it comes to diversity. The mind is, your perspective is. And there can be someone from Eastern Europe who has a very different perspective to someone who is from Western Europe. Well, there you go. A diversity of thought and opinion. And that's why typically you can correlate you know, race, for instance, with diversity. The problem is the left does things like Black Panther is called a diverse movie. How is it diverse? It's like mostly just it's mostly black people. That's not diversity. That's homogeneity. Yeah, because they, act, they, they don't they don't care. That's not what it's about. 
It's about a cult. It's about falling in line, doing as you're told. If you are a white liberal and you toe the line, you're good. If you are a black conservative, they'll call you a white supremacist. Nonsense. Where here's what happens. His attorneys proposed he was fired out of the clear blue sky. They said he wasn't the only white executive fired. In his complaint, he says the chief legal officer, medical group president, chief information officer, patient experience officer, and president of Haymarket Medical Center were all replaced either by a black person or a woman in the 12 to 18 months after him. The jury agreed with him and on Tuesday awarded him $10 million in a reverse discrimination payout. Full stop, Daily Mail. That's just what the law is supposed to do. That is a regular discrimination payout. Duvall had worked for Novant since 2013. In his complaint, he told, he told how he regularly received rave reviews from his superiors and how his team was always rated highly for their performance too. In 2018, he said he was unceremoniously fired without prior warning and without any explanation as to why that promised, uh, why that promised normal circumstances did not apply. Novant terminated him on July 30th, 2018 and ordered him off the premises immediately five days before his fifth work anniversary. Jesse Curitan notified plaintiff of this decision and offered no explanation for it, stating the decision had nothing to do with his performance, that he had done everything asked of him and more, the lawsuit reads. Novant denied the allegations and said he was fired for other reasons that were presented at the civil jury trial. One, so here's a jury North Carolina Wednesday rule. Duvall should be given $10 million. This is amazing. Has plaintiff David Duvall proven that his race and or his sex was a motivating factor in the decision to terminate him? Answer, yes. If you answered no to question one, do not answer the remaining questions. They say two. Has Novant Health proven that it would have made the same decision to terminate David regardless of his race? No. What amount of punitive damages, if any, should be awarded against Novant Health? $10 million. How do people come up with these numbers? I got to be honest. I guess it's based on how much money he was making per year. It's been three years. Punitive damage means, you know, you're, you're penalizing them. But $10 million. Wow. Man, what are you going to do with that, David? I hope you enjoy it. You've earned it. In its original response to the lawsuit in 2019, Novant Health said he was fired due to his deficient performance including his inability to communicate effectively before a group and the delegation of the critical duties of his position to his subordinates. Novin says Everett was already doing much of Duval's job because he pawned it off to her and that it was natural for her to be promoted. It also denied his allegation that other men were fired for being white males, but didn't go into detail about why they were replaced. The jury sided with Duval on Tuesday, awarding him the huge payout. The hospital in a statement told Daily Mail, we are extremely disappointed with the verdict as we believe it is not supported by the evidence presented at trial, which includes, includes our reason for Mr. Duvall's termination. We will pursue all legal options, including appeal over the next several weeks and months. Novant Health is one of thousands of organizations to put in place robust diversity and inclusion programs, which we believe can coexist alongside strong non-discriminatory policies that extend to all races and genders, including white men. It's important for all current and future team members to know that this verdict will not change Novant Health's steadfast commitment to diversity, inclusion, and equity. Hey, they did it. They did it. Look at this. This is a quote from Novant Health. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, we got, this is big. In a quote from Novant Health, they said diversity, inclusion, and equity, D-I-E, die. Oh, it's amazing. 
Novin's health. Let me, let me read it again. It's important for all current and future team members to know that this verdict will not change Novin's health. Steadfast commitment to die for all. Excellent. Luke Largus, or largest, Duval's attorney told DailyMail.com that he is not opposed to diversity and inclusion and even sat on a committee at the hospital to promote it. He says the facts of the case speak for themselves. Mr. Duval was committed to DNI, set on a system committee to promote it, and his team created marketing materials. The case is about the fact that you cannot fire people just to create opportunities to fill positions. It is not a case against diversity and inclusion. Well, I will also say bravo, good sir, for bending the knee and giving in to the cult because ultimately they came for you. Now, fortunately, there are still laws in place that protected you. So you're lucky, I suppose, that the law still stands. But if you keep bending the knee to the cultists, eventually these laws won't exist. Because as I pointed out, California is already trying to eliminate these laws. Here's what they say. California and the leftists, you know, the California leftist Democrats and the national Dems who supported this are just like, we just want affirmative action and say, you can't discriminate. What we're really trying to do is say that we should help someone get into college. You know how that will manifest. They'll go to a company in California. They'll go to a public sector, you know, institution. Then they'll say, hey, white man, you're fired because we're allowed to do that now on the basis of race. Isn't that interesting? Now, what do you think will happen in, in the whiter areas of California? This is what I ask my, my lefty friends. I was actually on a phone, on a phone call with a, a good friend of mine who's a die-hard, die-cultist. And we haven't talked in, 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 in two years. It's kind of sad, really. But watching a friend fall to the cult is scary. It really is. You know, these people live—the the, the reason why I say it's a cult for sure is one big reason. They'll accuse everyone outside of the cult of being in a cult. But you take a look at like Timcast IRL, where it's me, a moderate lefty libertarian type, not super far left, just fairly moderate. Then you've got Luke Rudkowski, who's kind of an ANCAP. He doesn't like to admit it, but he's like a free market capitalist libertarian type Bitcoin guy. And then you have Ian, who's just all over the place, fairly middle of, uh, fairly middle of the road on a lot of issues, but also sometimes lefty authoritarian on some issues. You have Lydia, who's a conservative. And we all sit in these rooms and we disagree on a lot of things especially pro-choice versus pro-life. And we have Seamus, for instance, from Freedom Tunes on the show very often. And this guy, Catholic, religious, and he's a good friend. And we laugh together, we make content together, and we, we have some real disagreements. But, you know, we learn to live together and we find, we find what we have in common and we have important things in common, even when we disagree on a lot of core issues. You know, he goes to mass on Sunday. We don't. We went to the movies, but we're cool about it. And he's cool about it. And we get along just fine. But I'm talking to a friend of mine. And they're, they're absolutely convinced that everyone else is in the cult. They live in this world of a homogenous cult worldview. And anyone outside of it is a cultist, is wrong, is racist. And I'm like, clearly that's not true. There are black conservatives, many more as of late. But anyway, I digress. I'm talking to this friend and I asked this person, do you think that there are people in California that are racist? And she says, yes. Okay. Do you think that there are areas of California that are overwhelmingly white, like a city or county? She goes, yeah, of course. Like Los Angeles is very white, very white and Latino. But there are some areas in like central and northern California that are like 99% white. Okay. Do you think that in these areas that are overwhelmingly white, these people are racist? And she said, yes, I do. And I said, okay. Do you think that these overwhelmingly white jurisdictions full of racists 
will use the ability to discriminate on the basis of race and sex against people of color and women. And she paused for a second and then said, yeah, probably. And I was like, then why would you allow this? Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Is this going to make one good thing for your university, but create 20 bad things across the state? Explain. You know, she didn't really have an answer. And that's the issue. If they get rid of this, I firmly believe there will be white racists in California who would do racist things. And there will be lefty racists because they're all kind of racist. I don't want to. I don't, Ryan Long has a joke. I'm going to spoil his whole set. But he's basically the gist of it is there's there's I think it was Ryan who was saying this. Maybe it was Danny. But uh, that there's two kinds. I think it was Ryan. There's two kinds of um, racists you know, that we, we really don't like. There's like the leftist, you know, racists who are like, all oh, white people have all this power and all this other stuff. And you're like, oh, and like white people are bad and, and evil. And if you're born white and whiteness and kind of like, you're kind of crazy, leave me alone. And then you have the other kind that really think white people are like superior. And you're like, you're also crazy. I don't have anything to do with you. And that's it. Like, these are the extremes we get. Well, look, the alt-right is not particularly prominent. White nationalism is not popular because people in this country genuinely believe in like liberty, freedom, civil rights. The only problem is you have a cult. Let me show you. Let me show you the cult. From Adweek, why your chief executive officer should also be your chief diversity officer. What? Chief diversity officer? The you talking about that I'm going to hire someone at the C-suite level for my company whose only job is to check the skin tone of my employees. That is fucking insane. I won't do that. Now, I'm the CEO, so I guess they're saying I should be the one to check the skin tone of my employees. That's insane. That's it's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. It's the CEO's job to make sure that die is central to everything the company does. What? My company's mission is to make content. Okay, we do news. We do commentary. We are producing entertainment and they're different. We have opinions. My goal is to make sure the company functions. The bills get paid on time. People are getting their salaries that the machine is functioning properly, and I lead the charge, making executive decisions on what we should and shouldn't be doing. There is no one at my company whose job it should be to pull out color swatches and hold them up and say, mm, this person's a little too much on the light side. That's insane. But that's what they're doing. So I remember when I was reading about chief diversity officers, and you know what it is? It's like a party member. In, in communist China, they have party members in the businesses. Really, what we're seeing is Democrats and, the, and, and some established Republicans realize that the Chinese state capitalist method, which is it's, it's, it's a fusion of communist dictatorship and capitalism, they realize like this is effective, man. You know, China can go in and just enslave people. Gets the job done, right? Yeah, it's horrifying. But these politicians in the U.S. realized, wow, why can't we do that? Build a highway overnight? All you got to do is take away people's rights to get it done. So what do we do? 
Well, in China, party members join companies. If a company gets too big, then you have to have a communist party member division that oversees what you're doing. In the US, we have the same thing, but they're called chief diversity officers. Their only job is to enforce ideology. It may as well be the corporate chaplain to enforce the the, the non-theistic religion. So I looked it up. Chief diversity officer. Where does this come from? Historical background. The chief diversity officer serves an executive level leadership role. According to Billy E. Vaughn, a history of cultural diversity pioneer work conducted by university professors, cultural diversity consultants, and human resource officers precedes the chief diversity officer. Less than 20% of Fortune 500 companies employed diversity officers in 2005, but that number has grown considerably since then. Only recently has there been a discussion about the appropriate background education and credentials the diversity officer needs. In the business sector, the role remains tied to human resource management functions. Higher education, chief diversity officers tend to have doctoral degrees. So I decided to look up the history of this Wikipedia page. Created September 2008. It's been coming. Look at this. They say, created page, chief diversity officer. Speedy declined. The current version is fine. Remove top header, blah, 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 clarified description, and we're off to the races. Chief diversity officer did not exist on Wikipedia before 2008. Now, Wikipedia is not that old. I get it. So there's a lot of things that weren't on Wikipedia going you know, far back, but this is still something very, very new. In fact, let's just do this. Let's do CEO. CEO on Wikipedia, chief executive officer, and we'll view the history. Just because I want to be fair, it's entirely possible that they all just go back to 2008, right? Let's see how old chief executive officer is on Wikipedia. Okay, I guess you can't actually go back far enough because there's too many edits to it. Oh, well, I'll leave it there. Wait, hold on. Yeah, you can't actually go back far enough. You can only view the, uh, let's see if I click oldest, what will happen? Uh, So I'm, I'm doing this in real time. There we go. There we go. Oldest. 2002 CEO, and it probably has a lot to do with the launching of Wikipedia and the expansion of it. The reason I highlighted when chief diversity officer was made, because that's around the time we started to see in LexisNexis, the, the uh, race cult, the, the critical race theorist cult and the intersectionalist cult growing. That's when we saw the words racism and white supremacy and all these things, all these things skyrocket in newspapers. So it, stand, it seemed obvious to me that that's when we'd see the chief diversity officer expand. I will now predict for you the future. You've been warned. If this is not stopped in its tracks now, the United States will be communist China. We will have the, the, the cult of diversity. It is nebulous. It's not the same as the Communist Party, which has a you know, formal function, but there will be diversity officers and companies. They will effectively serve like Communist Party members. They will control the ideology of the company and make sure you do as you're told and you will live under a boot. They'll go knock on your door and arrest you if you speak wrong. Think we are going in that direction. Pay attention now. This man won $10 million. But it seems over time, the die cult is expanding and it's growing. If you don't speak up now out of fear of not having food, well, good luck because there's already food shortages. And they say, but I got to feed my kids. I can't risk my job. Oh, that's, that's fine. Because, um, you know, it, it was Ben Franklin who said those would give up their freedom for a little bit of security, deserve uh, neither, neither, and will lose both or something to that effect. And I'll add one now. Those that would sacrifice the lives of their children for a short-term gain 
deserve neither, and will lose both. And what I mean by that is the future of your children is in jeopardy. You might be able to get them that sandwich today, but haven't you been paying attention to what's been going on over the past two years? It's been almost two years, almost two years of this. Isn't that crazy? It's been almost two years we've sat through this, this, this insanity. And now your children are worse off for it. You could have said no. You could have said no right in the beginning. But you thought that you could comply your way through this and it was just a storm. Now we're realizing that it's not just a storm. No, this is something that's going to last a long time. And you have an opportunity now to speak up and just say, I will not comply. But you're worried that you won't be able to feed your children if you do. It's possible. I'll just tell you this. If you don't, you certainly won't be able to feed your children in the future because you will own nothing and you'll be happy. You'll probably be happy because they'll chock you full of some kind of antidepressant. But hey, at least your kids will have had the chance when they were young to eat. And when they grow up, they'll get to live on their knees to fillet the state. Have a nice day, everybody. No, no, I'll see y'all at 4 p.m. The next segment over at YouTube.com slash TimCast. Thanks for hanging out. I'll see y'all then. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.